right, Ben Morse here at New York Comic Con 2017 Artist Alley. I am with the legendary Peter David. Peter David, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? Good. And moments before I started recording, you revealed a tattoo that no one knows about. What is the story behind this tattoo? Well, first off, a ton of people know about Nobody it. knows about it. Okay, except all the people who read about it on the internet many years ago. No one's read about this on the internet. Trust me. <laughs> okay. I was at the San Diego Comic Con. And I was doing a signing at the CBLDF, Comic Book Legal Defense Fund table. And we had a sign up that said, now signing Peter David. Uh, Richard and Wendy Peeney happened by, and Richard said, who's signing Peter David? Whereupon, Wendy promptly took my arm and signed her name on it. Nice. I then said, could you do a sketch? Yeah. So she did a sketch of Cutter on my forearm. Very cool. And I said, and Richard said, you should get that tattooed on. Yes. I said, if somebody will give $1,000 to the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, I'll have it tattooed on. Oh, no kidding. Now, at the time that I said this, a guy from uh, an online comic shop comic book uh, site heard this immediately tosses it up under the internet yep, suddenly it's all over the place so that's why everyone knows Wendy and, yeah, Wendy and Richard immediately figured who would be interested in paying a thousand dollars to have Peter David in pain for 45 minutes naturally they went to Joe Casada, <laughs> but Joe had already left town they then went to Paul Levitz but Paul said they have to run it past the legal department uh, and he has to get back to them. And Wendy and Richard then said, wait a minute, why should we give anybody else the publicity bump? So they came back and they said, we'll donate $1,000 awesome. to the CBLDF. And I then called, and you know, Wendy said, if you're going to make this permanent, we should make it a really nice drawing, because I just did this fast on your forearm. Also, we may want to put on another part of your arm so you won't have this thing sticking out every time you're wearing short sleeve shirts. And I said, okay, but also let's make it, let's, let's, um, Let's not have it be Cutter. Let's have it be Lita. So I've got a female on my arm. Mm -hmm. And she said, okay. So she drew Lita on my arm. And I called my wife and told her this was happening and said, are you okay with this? And was she? What? And was she? Yeah, no. She said she, said she was okay with it. Then Wendy said, do you want me to sign it? I said to my wife, do I want Wendy to sign it? And my wife said, no. I can, I'm fine with a drawing on your arm. I do not want another woman's name on your arm. Very smart. I said, that makes sense that makes to me. makes a lot of sense. And Wendy and Richard then went with me over to a tattoo parlor, of which there was an abundance because it's, you know, San Diego. And, uh, and, we, and we had it done. And the guy... Uh, the tattoo artist kept saying what a sweet little drawing it was, and he kept wanting to add shading or that kind of thing. And I said, no, no, no. And, well, actually, I did. And I said, Wendy, what do you think? And Wendy said, no, no, I just want to be the simple lines that I've got on there. And I said, okay, that's fine with me. And that's exactly what happened. Now, as a kind of coda to this... Kathleen and I, many years later, were out at a dine at a restaurant in San Diego with Mark Evanier and Maggie Thompson. And Wendy and Richard showed up. And Kathleen, my wife, had always been saying that she would have Wendy draw a cutter on her arm oh, cool. so we would match. And Wendy and Richard were right freaking there. 
So Wendy took my wife's arm and she drew Cutter onto my wife's arm and she had it tattooed on permanently. So now our arms match. Brilliant. The only downside of this is that when we die, we have to send our arms back to Wendy and Richard. <laughs> that is an amazing story. That's just the kind of story we want to get for you. Now you're also you're also currently writing Ben Riley's Scarlet Spider. What's, com yeah. what's coming up as uh, Marvel Legacy descends on the book? Well, we basically have Ben in a major major uh, SmackDown uh, with the with the uh, with the spinners, um, and uh, that's uh, really kind of you know. We're, having, we're really having a field day with that. I mean, the characters are great, and the story is developing in a in a in a really fascinating way. I noticed you reunited with uh, Will Sliney from Spider-Man 2099. Was that a pickup that you facilitated? Did I say the spinners? No, the slingers. slingers the slingers, slingers, slingers. right? So, <laughs> dude, I've been sitting here for like eight hours. My brain is freaking we fried. Totally freaking fried. Um, yeah, Will's Will's doing a great job on it. He was brought on. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, he hasn't missed a beat. I oh, mean, I think his artwork's only improved. I think it's great. I think you guys are putting out a really fun book, and I thank you for it. No problem. Happy to do it. And thanks for chatting with us. Not, not a problem at all. All right, take care. This is Marvel, your universe. Ben Morris here at New York Comic Con 2017, continuing my slice of life interviews, trying to get behind the, uh, the veneers of these these big time creators. And I've got Chris Eliopoulos with me. He's laughing it up. He's having a good time. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, man. What is a uh, typical New York Comic Con like for you? Coffee, bad lighting, <laughs> and con stories. Yeah, it's crazy. Can you tell me some con stories? God, yeah. Oh, God, I go way back though. I go a That's long fine. time. Let's so, do it. Uh, I've gone back. Like in the days of San Diego, back when like they didn't have TV shows and mm -hmm. and uh, I remember those days. Yeah, it was they, great. It was like I came in. It was actually like my first San Diego I ever went to was like the last year before the movies and TV really blew up. Yeah. Well, I, okay. So here's the uh, uh, con story from San Diego. So we go to this place. It's called Dick's Last Resort. I don't know if yep. you've ever been. No, I've heard of the it. The theme of the restaurant is that the the staff act like dicks. Yeah. To, to, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Sorry, I know. Clip that one out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we're sitting there having lunch one day, and in walk a bunch of Klingon cosplayers. Oh, okay. They stay in character. They don't want to break character, so they start, you know, kapla, and they're screaming and stuff like that. The staff loses it. Who the hell do you think you are? They got, like, almost into a physical altercation oh because, God. like, they, they keep it going. Yeah. And when you think they're about to just totally nail it, yeah. in walked a troop of stormtroopers. Oh, no. They broke them up, and everything settled down. It was, like, it was scripted or something, Insane. but it was amazing. But that's what you get at Comic-Cons is, like, yeah. the, the chaos and weird things like that happening. So you, you got to go to shows just to yeah. see that stuff. What kind of stuff happens to you when you're just in Artist Alley? Like, who's, like, the strangest person you've ever met? trying to sell stuff at Artist Alley. God, I, you know what's so funny? Because I sit at the table so much, they usually come to me. The great thing for me, anyway, is that I get to see the guys that I met, you know, 25 years ago when I started out coming up and get to introduce to people like you. Yeah, or, which or, we just or, did. Which we just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's so much fun to, like, get the two together. Like, yeah. the only old school guy is Tom Brevoort now. Yeah. Like, it's, it's he, you know, he, he represents the old school well, though. He does. Yeah. He does. Like, we keep saying that. He is, like, the guy. He's, like, the last... Torch carrying, the, carrying, you know, bringing yeah. it through. But uh, you know, it's so great just to meet people that you haven't seen in a long time because we work separately. We're all home Absolutely. alone, yeah, yeah, and so course. you get to meet people that you 
talk to every day but never see. Yeah. So that's that's the joy for me is getting to see everybody. Cool. What do you end up doing mostly when you're at cons? Do you do signings? Do you do sketches? What do people want to get out of you? Well, um, most of the time, because I don't do a lot of cons, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of credits to my name. Mm-hmm. So we were laughing, because you're digital. Yeah. They have a, a database listing all of the different um, credits to everybody. And right. I th- I, somebody told me that you guys had like a 5,000 credit limit I think so. on there. And there's oh, only, really? And there's only two people that have surpassed I've never it. heard this story. This is the story I was told. Okay. There's only two people who have gotten the 5,000 mark. Yeah. Stan yeah. and me. Because I've company. done... Good yeah, company to be great in. company to be in. And yeah. I've worked with him on a number of those, so yeah. we share some credits. That's so um, cool. But so we, uh, I, I come to a show very rarely, but when I do, people show up yeah. with tons of books. I had a guy show up with a, a, a dolly with like four giant boxes of hardcover comics. Yeah. I asked if I would sign them. He came back four more times. I signed 500 hardcover comics. Holy crap. In, at no one way, point. Chris. How yeah. long did that take you? It, it was a couple hours. I oh sat there. God. And of course, I do it for free because... I feel, like, I feel like your hand must just be about to fall off. I draw point. all day and I'm yeah. wondering all day so I'm used to it. Oh. So it wasn't a big deal oh. but it was people were kind of complaining and I was like, yeah. no, it's fine. But I love that. I love that you can come to a show and somebody appreciates you so much That's that they, so cool. they want that. So I would never turn away a, really an autograph. So. Because I have you and you are, like you mentioned just now, lettering. Yeah. You're one of the most the prominent letters in the business. Yeah. Take me behind the, uh, the scenes that a little bit. Tell yeah. people what what goes into being a good letterer. For me, uh, some people differ, but I feel the best thing about being a letterer is not being noticed. You mm-hmm. help the, the writer and the artist tell the story. You don't get in the way. You don't become like the star. Yeah. A lot of times, some guys feel like they want to step on toes and, and be like the big shot. For me, it's just help the writer tell yeah. a story that's good. I always consider myself as the inker for writers. Oh, okay. So that's they an interesting way to put they it. lay the groundwork, and I'm just there to make it shine for them. So that's it. I mean, that's all I expect to do. What can we plug for you, Chris? What do you what do you got to hawk up there? So for Marvel, yep. I will say I've got uh, out a couple of weeks ago was a Star Wars book, yes. it was droids that droids. I had written and drawn, um, which is I've sort of my career has now gone on to the kids' book realm. That's okay. So I'm doing a line of children's book, all That's ages great. children's book with Brad Meltzer, another comic book guy. Oh yeah, they'll be great Love for your Brad. young daughter. Yep. Um, they're called Ordinary People Change the World. Yep. It's all about Abraham Lincoln and yeah, Rosa yeah, Parks, yeah. and I'm very familiar with the series. And, actually. Yeah, Brad's, so Brad's a friend. Yeah, and so we do those, and then I've got my first graphic novel through Penguin Publishing. We're doing it's uh, it's actually about my identical twin boys. Oh, cool! So it's called man. Cosmic Commandos. It came out a couple months ago, and uh, we have a sequel coming next year. So those there are, are my a few, there are a few better things I can think of. You're a great guy. Thank you for uh, thanks for taking a few minutes with thanks, me. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. Ah, this is Marvel, your universe. Hey, Ben Morse from uh, Marvel.com here. I'm at Artist Alley in New York Comic Con 2017, getting down in the trenches here to get the real stories with the real people. I'm sitting next to a legend, the man, Eric Larson. What are you drawing right now, Eric? Right now I'm doing a commission with Spider-Man and Wolverine. What do you get asked to draw the most at uh, conventions? Uh, Savage Dragon. Yeah? Good. Good. I'm glad you got that in there. <laughs> now, the reason I wanted to interview you... Number two would be Spider-Man and Venom would be the number, number two. Now, I wanted to interview you specifically because you're probably the only person I know who loves Nova as much as I do, and I want to get to the bottom of it. He's my, he's my favorite character, always has been Rich Rider through and through. What do you dig about Nova? Uh, well, he, you know, when I was starting out, every comic was really far into its run. 
So there was nothing that I really got to start out with that was an, a new comic, and Nova was it because that was the the only new comic that was start that was started with an issue one. So I was able to get in on the ground floor, and I really just liked. I, I love the character. I like the, the the design of that costume, and I, you know, it's just it's that's a smart looking costume. I don't know why people keep wanting to change it, but. Uh, but I, I, you know, I, I love the classic look, and I liked all the characters. I liked that he had friends. I liked that there was there was some kind of a relationship with with different characters in the book, you know. And it wasn't just the same thing that was going on in other comics at the time. Yeah, the thing I've always said, the reason I like him so much is because, you know, you've got Peter Parker, who's supposed to be the everyman, but he's also like a scientific genius. Rich Rider is really the everyman. He is like the average guy. He's not. Not too dumb, not too smart, just kind of there, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that, too. I mean, it's like, hey, I'm that stupid. This is awesome. Yeah, exactly. And he, and he enjoyed what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and, he, and he did normal kid stuff. I mean, he, he played sports. He, he hung out with, with friends. He went, they went and got burgers. They went on double dates. You know, just all the normal stuff that normal people did. And he, here he is doing that. And plus, they were introducing all kinds of new villains out of the gate. You know, it wasn't just the the same characters you've seen over and over again. This book was actively creating new characters. It's like, oh, cool. So there's Diamond Head, and there's a Condor, and there's Powerhouse, and there's you know all these different guys that are that are being introduced for the first time. And it's like, oh, that's cool. I get to be in on the on the ground floor of all this stuff, not just not just the one character but a, a universe you know very cool man and then you of course you got to go on and do your own nova stories what was that like i was a dream come true really i was like i you know i was doing um i was doing the punisher at one point and i had pitched uh marvel on uh, a, a nova serial for um marvel comics presents and uh it was approved and then disapproved. <laughs> so it's like I was I was gonna do it. I had actually started work on it, uh, and then what happened was they they put him in in the New Warriors instead. So it's like okay, your story doesn't work anymore because we're doing it this way in the New Warriors. So then it was like all right, now it's a mad scramble because I just quit my regular gig for this, and so I ended I did end up doing some other stuff and it, and it worked out all right. Uh, you know, ultimately, I ended up on Spider-Man, but that worked out okay. That worked out okay. But yeah, Nova was a dream, and and just being able to go oh, I, now, I get to now I get to control Richard Rider's life, and I get to use all these different characters, and you know, I just kind of ran through everybody that I wanted to use um, right out of the gate, just because like I got, just on the off chance that this book doesn't last forever, you know. So I I got to do that. And that was that was great fun just to be able to do that. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time. Your commission looks beautiful. I'm gonna let you get back to it. Thanks for chatting with me. This is Marvel, your universe. Ben Morse here at New York Comic Con 2017. I'm in Artist Alley. I'm continuing my Gorilla Podcast campaign. Uh, it was hard to get this next guy. He was just flooded with fans. 
people praising his work left and right. But luckily, I'm able to get a, steal a few minutes with Declan Shelby. Declan, how you doing? Uh, not too bad. I don't think one person counts as a flood, but I'll take it. He was very enthusiastic, I though. Was, yeah, no, he was like, that was really nice. It's, uh, it's always, I mean, as an RCR, it's one compliments, but then you get them and you're not sure what to do with them. Yeah, no, you seem to handle it pretty well. Ah, uh, cheers. Yeah, it's, I just pay up the Irish self-deprecating thing, yeah. you know. You've been doing some amazing covers on Punisher lately. Every month you find a way to do something crazy and unique that does not look like your average Punisher cover. What was kind of your mission when you started out doing these covers and how much do you think you've accomplished it? Um, well, uh, yeah, well th- thank you first. Uh, first, I-, I would say that originally I w- there was a brief given to me, so I was going to like exactly match that brief. But I was actually told to, to Jordy, my, um, my, my partner, and um, she covers all of my work as well. And she was like, well, why don't you just do something more interesting? I'm like, well, I, you know, as an artist, I want to do what the editor asks. But um, she encouraged me to just try thinking outside the box a little. So we did the first one was like a skull uh, with a band across the eyes. And it really, really, really stood out. So after that, I realized, well, I don't want to just kind of go back and do more uh, more kind of um, generic covers. Yeah. So I thought I'd take and that. Punisher's an easy one to get, like, locked into the generic stuff. With. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I thought of the Tim Brownstreet covers, which, I mean, full respects to Tim. They're gorgeous. But I mean, after, you know, he did so many that it kind of, it's hard to know what. Bleed together. Yeah, you know, and, and that's a tough thing to do uh, when you're doing a run of uh, covers. So I thought what I would try to do is... Um, is 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 great kind of a, a more more limited brief than what like the editors have given me. Um, Jake Thomas and um, uh, Kathleen were, were great, but uh, you know. The, 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 their brief, I made a different brief for myself, basically, sure. which was, how do I show the, co- the Punisher without showing him? Yeah. So, because I think he's scarier when you do, when you don't see him. So, okay, but the skull is a great icon- iconography to take advantage of. So I just thought, okay, no matter what, don't show the Punisher, do show the skull, and then try and take whatever the story brief is. So every month will be a different story. Try and integrate that type of that iconography into it, and uh, some cool results kind of came from it. You know, like the subway one and the, um, you know, wanting to show. York but not show pressure and uh, the, sh- the one with the sharks and I kept trying to make a skull without showing him but always keep it story specific so I feel that way no matter in all of the run you'll still know what happens in the issue you know another thing you're branching out into you're doing some writing now I know you wrote that Nick Fury story for us you're doing some other stuff for other companies why did you decide you wanted to start writing why was I was dominating the art industry not enough for you uh, well you know I just got to dominate the next one uh, yeah. no uh, well it was it was uh, I was already doing a, a graphic novel and image um, of myself myself I was kind of working on that for a while and at the time uh, Will Moss asked if I would be interested in writing and drawing a Nick Fury story because then he wanted a writer artist he wanted but they want to be very visual based um, so I kind of took that opportunity to try and you know to, to try something new and have a different type of project and I just I really really enjoy doing it and people seem to think that it was good so um, oh well thank you um, uh, but um, but also like you know I, I've been working at creator own stuff for the last couple of years so if someone you know there's there's writers at Marvel I really like uh, but I kind of I'm at the stage now where I'm going to draw something at Marvel ideally I think it might be something if, if I write it I'll, I'll be more happy with it or I'll, I'll give it a bit more, you know. Um, so I did a Venom vs. Bonner just a few weeks ago, uh, Punisher Venom. That was really cool. But um, but now I'm going to be doing um, a Deadpool vs. Old Man Logan series that I'm not. I do the covers for, not not draw. 
drawing because uh, yeah. I couldn't draw it but I remember the, uh, Heather Antos and Jordan White asked if I'd be interested in writing and drawing it I just couldn't draw it so I thought Jordan White new father as well oh god that's right yeah, yeah, everyone's, uh, did, oh really yeah. actually I don't think I knew that yeah it was oh, literally wow. two days ago oh, brilliant I'm breaking um, it here on the podcast yeah wow well, exclusive news yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know that that's brilliant fair play to him um, well it's fair play to his wife um, <laughs> but uh, um, uh, what was I saying um, yeah uh, uh, that was kind of uh, I just couldn't couldn't draw it as much as I wanted to but um, I sent them the image book I was working on just to show I could write for another artist and uh, they were up, open to it so I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm really excited really terrified because it's you, do, you can do creator owned and I think people are more embracing but like to do a superhero book you know I'm ex- you know I was going to say I'm waiting for the knives but probably claws yeah. um, but it's been I have to like it's such fun I just feel like I, I know Logan in my head that was and uh, Deadpool because I've got this great history with working on Deadpool it kind of feels like a natural carry on I, I don't have time to draw a Deadpool story and everyone's always asking when are you going back to Deadpool but I'm like well here I am Just yeah. I'm just not drawing it but yeah. I mean um, I, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun I really really I see why people like writing comics so much it's a lot of fun cool man well thanks so much for taking a few minutes to chat with us good luck with the rest of New York Comic Con oh, thanks a bit man cheers this is Marvel your universe